As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this uh, special announcement edition of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I'm uh, Ben Sturkey. I'm here with my friends, Matt Tebby. Hey, Matt. Hey. hey yo. And Ben Hardman. Hey, Ben. Hey, guys. How are you? We're, uh, we're, do- we're doing all right. I feel like we need we're a, here. I feel like we need a trumpet or something. Like an announcement <laughs> trumpet? Yeah, like that. Yeah. My son's practicing violin in the other room, so there may mm. be a Announcement. A violin announcement. A violin announcement? That would yeah. be beautiful. Squeaky violin. <laughs> Thank you, Deacon. Yes. Yeah. I should program. I've got this little uh, machine that can like load up different sound effects and stuff. And so I should program. We should, we should find a... Uh, none of them are ones that I would want to use. For example, can I show you one of them? Let's hear yeah, it. Yeah, I'd love one of, uh, uh, one of them is uh, this one. Ooh. Dream sequence. <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> I mean, you know... That's sort of like now, and now it's story time or something, you know? Like, uh, yeah. I've got this one too. Oh, if it's a scary S- announcement. Scary time, yeah, scary We've announcement. We've got dream announcement or scary announce- announcement. Scary announcement or <laughs> sort of underwhelming announcement. <laughs> that's, uh, oh, that's good. There's a lot of them. Or hilarious announcement. Oh, Ooh, the, yeah. Or mildly hilarious, mildly yeah. funny announcement. That's not really hilarious. Yeah. Mildly hilarious anyway. isn't really hilarious. No, right. It's mild. Anyway, there's a. I don't need to go through. Do the I need to load up my Chris Tucker soundboard? That's a lot of fun. <laughs> there's some good stuff there too. Oh yeah, boy, I got to figure out how to program this. Anyway, uh, yes, we're doing a special announcement edition today on the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you've listened to this uh, podcast for a while, you know uh, that the three of us uh, here today, who are joking around. Uh, are the co-founders of Gravity Leadership, and we've got a special announcement today. Um, Matt and I are going to interview Hardman about it, but first, um, just wanted to give like a brief history of Gravity Leadership. Um, we've been doing this since 2016, um, and we started, the three of us started by kind of bringing some of the coaching and the training consulting work we were doing with churches uh, under one umbrella, and we're, we're three friends who've been uh, through similar experiences. We've been leading churches Uh, for a lot of our adult life, um, we uh, were all involved in coaching and training leaders, um, and we wanted to kind of uh, come together to build build something uh, together, and that was what Gravity Leadership was. And so we coached Christian leaders, we spoke at events, we 
have been producing uh, content and resources, including this podcast, uh, consulting with churches, running workshops for churches, all that stuff, etc. Um, for what has it been? Five years now. Five years. Yeah, Half five of a years. decade. <laughs> Half of a decade. Almost a century. 5% of a century. <laughs> is, it, is it bad that I keep imagining bad sound effects as we make these announcements? <laughs> it's been five years. It's been five. How many years has it been? Oh. Did I, yeah. you know, I played the Sorry. right one. All good. Did you play the wrong sound effect? There's only three, Sturkey. I know. They're, they're, they're just labeled. That. I have to label it. They're just, they're just colors on the soundboard here. I don't have any... I don't have any way of knowing which one I'm loading up. And we've been crushing it for five years, <laughs> as you can hear. As you can hear on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, our our, uh, our coaching was eventually, this is all kind of lead up into this announcement that we're going to make here. So our coaching eventually was kind of standardized into what is now Gravity Leadership Academy. And that has become kind of the I don't know, the bedrock thing we do, an established Mm -hmm. pathway for Christian leaders to be trained to discern how to pay attention to and participate in God's work and mission in their local context. If you've, again, listened to our podcast for a while, you uh, know about that because uh, we talk about it a lot. Um, And as Gravity Leadership Academy has become established, we've kind of moved into this different phase of development as an organization. Um, where we are not so much pioneering something completely new, which is what, of course, it felt like right at the beginning, uh, but one of kind of growing and expanding what we do now, kind of what we have. Um, and so after, it, you know, as this has evolved, um, we uh, have had a, a few months of conversations. Some of them have been difficult conversations. Uh, about this, but um, because of a lot of factors, including our unique callings and giftings and our approaches to this kind of work, uh, it seemed to us to make sense um, for Hardman to take some of this uh, new consulting ideas that he had and spin them off into a new venture, and then for Gravity to kind of double-click on uh, Gravity Leadership Academy and expand and grow that um, to just expand the training and the coaching that we're doing there. So the bottom line, here's the announcement. Mm. Hopefully, uh, trumpets. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Let's not do the wah, wah, wah. No, yeah, not, let's not, let's, let's, not let's stay away from that one. Uh, but uh, the announcement is that um, the bottom line is that Hardman is leaving gravity to pursue some of these new ideas. And of course, to continue uh, pastoring Grace Marietta in Atlanta there where he lives. Um, so that's the announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Hardman, you that's, have any? That's it. Uh, no, that's all. Any, that's all. I, that's, that's all. It. I got all right. To say. Well, thanks no. for joining us on this. Yeah, you have no, any reflections I, uh, on this journey, this transition? Yeah, I was thinking just today of jumping back on the podcast. It's been a while since yeah. I've been on here with you yeah. guys, yeah. and just remembering the early days of like mm-hmm. just recording. And I remember where I was the first time. I was sitting on a chair in my upstairs like bedroom for the very first podcast. All those kinds of things. Yeah. And uh, and so it feels a little bittersweet because I I mm. love you guys. Uh, yeah. You guys have been my closest friends and love doing ministry with you and love the work that's happening at Gravity, love everything that's going mm-hmm. on at Gravity. And uh, I'm yeah. so grateful for uh, the the ways we got to minister together and the experiences we got to have together and the fun that we had together all along yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, but I have felt a real sense of my apostolic calling kind of leading me elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of a spiritual entrepreneur and I have that apostolic impulse that always wants me to start something new and create yeah. something new and fresh. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and honestly, it's been, that's kind of been in me for the last couple of years, but because I love the ministry so much and love you guys so much, and honestly, it does feel really vulnerable to go out and do something on your own. Yeah. Uh, and that's sure. been kind of a, a, a Kairos for me along the way of the challenge of like, oh mm. man, should I do this? And what does all that mean? And what does that bring up in my identity stuff and all those kinds of things? Mm. Yeah. Um, but it feels like the right time, uh, yeah. to step into this new venture and, mm. uh, We've been testing this out uh, in a lot of different areas. So this is kind of work that we've been doing on the ground in Grace Marietta. Uh, And it's also been some stuff that we've been sharing publicly uh, in some different spaces. And it's been received really, really well. Um, Mm. And the general idea of it is uh, we want to help churches uh, unleash the full missions and discipleship potential of their communities. And so we want to do that by helping them launch entrepreneurial mission endeavors uh, from their community. Uh, and so in, in the Grace family of churches in Atlanta, we've been kind of experimenting over the last three years with changing the metaphor of the church. And I actually think the timing of it was really, really incredible for us. And, and the metaphor we've been playing with is the church is a dream factory. Hmm. Uh, what if rather than the church kind of standing up and saying, Hey, uh, I have a dream for our community and for our church, and here's 50 different ways you can sign up to help us. You can, you know, greet, you can work in the kids' ministry, you can lead a small group, you can mm-hmm. help people park their cars. I don't, I don't, know, what you're, <laughs> I don't know what you do at your church, uh, but there's sure. all these different things. Uh, rather than doing people. that, um, <laughs> looking out at, the, at the, the, the people and just simply saying, hey, uh, you have a kingdom dream. Uh, and Ephesians 2 says there's a good work that's been prepared for you in advance. Uh, mm. And that, that word work is actually the word occupation. Like mm. There's an actual kingdom assignment mm. that is assigned to every believer that's been prepared from the beginning of time, which means God placed all the stuff inside of every believer for that kingdom dream to come to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to help churches become equipping places and to walk alongside of their spiritual entrepreneurs and their apostles to launch new missional endeavors, to me sounds like so exciting. Like it's yeah. every day's different. Uh, mm-hmm. Every day's fresh. There's new kinds of concepts and things. So we've been experimenting with this at Grace mm-hmm. uh, and we've run about 85 people through it. Um, just in one of our communities, we hmm. just did a commissioning service the other day, and it was amazing. We launched a, a mobile coffee truck that's going to downtown Atlanta and having conversations around coffee in some of the food deserts where you just can't get good coffee awesome. uh, in Atlanta. Uh, we launched an adopt-a-teacher program at all the middle schools in our community where uh, all every middle school teacher in our community is being prayed for by certain people in our community. They're getting gifts given to them, all these exciting things. Hmm. Uh, we started an A basketball program. It's been amazing. We've got a bunch of kids that are now playing basketball under the mantle of grace. Mm. Uh, we've got jerseys mm. that say grace on them. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Uh, we've got, um, oh man, I'm trying to remember all the things. We've got a, a professional counselor that started a seminar uh, for pastors around mental health and is helping mm. coach all the pastors in our community around mental health endeavors. Um, but the beautiful thing about that is it's all flowing out of the local church, right? And mm. so the local church, which Let's just be frank. We've not been the center of innovation and entrepreneurship. And most of the time, pastors don't know what to do with their entrepreneurs or their their apostles. Right. Yeah, Yeah, so they want to tell them to, you know— Get, get involved in the ministries of the church, you know, which, I mean, you know, that that is what it is, and the church has, you know, got to do that stuff, but I, I like what you're talking about. You're sort of flipping the script a little bit from trying to get uh, some of those apostles 
to um, those with apostolic giftings to sort of just serve in these pre, uh, pre-designed ways inside yeah. the church. Instead to say, actually, how do we equip and empower you to mm-hmm. um, follow Jesus, you know, where he's leading you, especially in that apostolic gifting? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like, like when, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever had a missionary that's come home from the mission field to be a part of your church. Yeah. And you right. like ask them to greet at the door. And they're yeah. like, well, is there more that I can do than this? Like, is this all that you're invited? Because I, like I was doing all this stuff yeah. uh, in Colombia or wherever. Yeah. And now you're just yeah. asking me to shake hands and kiss babies. And there's probably more that I could yeah. be doing. And, yeah. and so I feel like a lot of our, and, and I mean, like, just think about the timing of where we are in the history of the church right now. I don't know if there's ever been a season where we need our apostles more in the mm. church to dream yeah. about the future church and to dream about new iterations of who we could be and what the church could look like in the next 25 to 50 years. Yeah. Um, I actually think at least in my lifetime, I'm, uh, I'm 46 now, mm. and in my lifetime, I think the church is more open to change right now than they've ever been in yeah. my lifetime yeah. and more open to like, okay, mm-hmm. uh, COVID's done some shaking for us and there's things that need to be shifted and changed. And so yeah. what are those things? And so um, I'm all for, let's unleash those apostles. Let's, yeah. let's, uh, let's, let's try and connect with these kind of missional endeavors and let's, um, let's kind of go after the priesthood of all believers and, and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Harmon, I was listening to a, podcast series this week by um, an uh, online sports uh, journalism company called The Athletic. Most people mm-hmm. have heard of yeah. The Athletic. And they're, yeah. they're talking about how they started it, and they said basically they both work for Strava, which is basically an endurance training social app, uh, GPS tracker, plus kind of um, social media combined. They left Strava, and in 2015, all these newspapers were shutting down. ESPN basically has become like chasing celebrity athletes and doing stories about them, and they realized nobody's covering local teams anymore. And mm. the ones who are covering local teams work for these giant you know, corporations, and they're on deadlines, and they got to put out like story games, or, uh, and no one was doing sports journalism. So anyway, they they try to go around and they try to raise money and they're like nobody's and their their whole thing was we're not going to have ads because this was in the age 2015 when pop up videos and pop up screens yeah. and this kind of stuff right so like all these investors turned them down and they just started doing it in Toronto and Chicago and in like a year and a half they bootstrapped it and it became it's become the most successful sports journalism yeah, website huge. in the world. Um, and I, as I listened to this, I thought, this is the kind of innovation, an apostolic p- push, like the church in post-Christendom needs. Like, we need people like you, like, you know, kingdom, like people who dream big kingdom dreams. And, and one of the taglines they said at the Athletic, they're like, the, the owners, the, the founders are like, don't, if you have an idea, if you're a journalist in a market and you have an idea, don't ask for permission. Mm-hmm. We hired you because of your ideas. Yeah. And so their whole corporate culture is go for it. And I just feel yeah. like that's kind of, I mean, I, that's, I mean, I, I don't know, go for it might be your tagline, Hardman. <laughs> like, like that's your energy and your, just do it. <laughs> just do it. That's good. So write that down. I'm going to Google oh, yeah, that somebody, right now. Get that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was just thinking like, as I hear you talk about the vision of this and we've talked about this before and I've read some of the stuff you've typed up on it. Like that's, I don't know. You're channeling like some of that energy feels like for the yeah. church. Yeah, and I feel like 
most entrepreneurs and particularly even spiritual entrepreneurs, they, they don't view the church as a place to get their funding. Like they actually mm-hmm. are realizing like mm-hmm. I'm better off going to businesses right now and asking yeah. them to help fund my missional thing. That's going to actually impact the community mm-hmm. than I am going to the church. And so I think this could create a reimagination for how we use our missions dollars and missions funding. Mm. Like what, what we're doing in, in the grace family is we're using a lot of our missions dollars to fund these because yeah. we believe we're raising up homegrown missionaries who yeah. are disciples from our own community who we mm-hmm. trust and also who we're walking with. Uh, and it also creates a discipleship process that's happening not in a classroom or in like a a Zoom room. It's happening on the road, like while they're actually putting this together. And, yeah. and so um, for me, it's been super fun. And I think a lot of the apostolic pastors that are part of this process are viewing this as like, this is really fun. I get to help create. I get to co-create. Uh, mm. There's multiple things that we're launching every year. Mm. Uh and so it's a 10-month kind of hybrid coaching process uh, that goes through um, kind of retreats and seminars. A lot of it's on the ground. We feel like a lot of this work you can't do over the computer or online. Right. Mm. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's gathering together uh, to kind of create and launch these kinds of things with the vision that at the end of that year, uh, your church will be ready to launch its own dream factory and create mm. these kind of entrepreneurial cohorts every year in your own community and see this kind of multiplication and launching of mission in your own place. Yeah, that's great. So give it, give us a few more of the, the, the nuts and bolts then. Um, you mentioned it's a 10, 10 month. Well, first of all, it's called Kingdom Dreams Initiative, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we'll, and we'll put links to all this in the show notes, obviously. Yeah, but KingdomDreamsInitiative.com. Like, <clears throat> .com. Um, so yeah, just give us a couple, like uh, a little bit more detail on the, on the process and like, who, who is it for specifically? Yeah. Um, and you know, how, how does it all work? Yeah, uh, we, we really started talking. So first of all, uh, I'm working with Kristen Dooley, mm-hmm. who some of you guys who've been a part of Gravity for a long time will know Kristen. Yeah. She's been a part She's of been Gravity on the podcast. for a uh, Matt Reynolds, who is the general director of the Grace Family of Churches and a good friend here in Atlanta. And then Allie Hale, who is our creative director, who's just brilliant and creative. So that's our team uh, as we first start and are trying to figure some of these things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we just started talking about like our real desire to go deep rather than wide. And so we don't have this idea of starting you know, 40 cohorts a year or those kinds of things. The vision is maybe two cohorts a year with mm. 10 people in each of those cohorts and okay. really be able to go deep and invest deeply in those pastors and in those leaders, get them on the ground. And so we've got a four-step process that we're kind of innovating on. We're calling it our launch sequence. Uh, and the idea is there's a, there's a discovery process uh, that everybody will go through, which is kind of like we want to excavate the dream that's already in your heart. So mm. if we actually believe that there's a good work that's prepared for us in advance to do, then it's already in us. And right. so we, we do some work on kind of looking at your story, looking at the story of your life, looking at your giftedness, looking at your abilities, looking at your passions, looking at your emotions, looking at your wounds and your brokenness, mm-hmm. and pulling all of those things together and saying, all right, what's the story that God's writing? And what's the next chapter look like for you? And what's he inviting you into? And so that's the discovery process. Uh, then we move to a design process. Uh, and that design process is really fun. It's like, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Google Sprints. Uh, yeah. Google Ventures okay. kind of innovated this idea called Google Sprints, which is really used heavily in the tech world of uh, just a, 
a four-day process where you're going deep to try and actually build a, a prototype of some sort of product. And so we'll actually take people through that process of actually building and creating mm-hmm. what could your thing look like. And so we want to initiate a plan and a foundation for that. Uh, and then there's a development process. Uh, we're partnering with Oceans, uh, which is a business incubator out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, some good friends of ours have been running that for a long time, and uh, they're doing some really cool work on working with entrepreneurs, and they are much better business minds than we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we recognize we can help with the ministry stuff, but the business stuff, like if somebody's launching a business, like this mobile coffee truck, like they're actually trying to you know, survive and make money but from doing this and, and make it a, a, a for-profit company. And so figuring out all of those kinds of things are challenging and difficult. So bringing in some experts to that. So we'll you know, the, the development process is an eight-week uh, discovery process with uh, the Oceans team where they'll help you come up with your vision your values, help you develop a strategy and a business plan and all of those kinds of fun things that we've done at Gravity uh, (laughs) throughout the year. And then last, there's a deployment process. uh, And that deployment process is really all about commissioning all of these leaders, uh, just kind of Hmm. laying hands on them and praying for them and saying, go in Jesus' name. I think there's something really powerful when the church is laying hands on believers and sending them out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we want to commission those leaders. And we also want to do kind of a fun um, launch day kind of experience, demo day kind of experience where all of those leaders will get together in Atlanta and in front of a bunch of people share their vision and share their idea and kind of a, kind of a shark tank without sharks. Uh, so like a a minnow tank, (laughs) a a nice fish, a nice fish, a guppy, a guppy tank, Um, nice tank full of, Pleasant water. Whale sharks are nice. They, yeah, they, don't, but, they don't have big teeth. Could be well, some yeah. of them. Maybe there's some nice ones. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. Anyway, that yeah, sounds like awesome. A, I don't know yeah. if that's helpful. I, that's I don't want to get the weeds yeah, no, that, 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 that some it, of the vision of it. Yeah, I think it helps give people a, a sense of <clears throat> uh, what it would look like to participate. And obviously, um, we'll put links in the show notes for folks who want to reach out and get more information. And yeah. I want to back up to you something know, that, that thing, Ben so. said earlier. Uh, ben, you said earlier, like uh, not you, Sternkey. You, Ben Hardman, that like ah. the churches don't know about, don't know what to do with apostolic energy. Sometimes local mm-hmm. churches don't know. And it mm-hmm. strikes me that um, two things happen. Either apostles get ignored because mm-hmm. uh, there's no place for them in the maintenance of, um, you know, this large institution or this church. Uh, or two, <clears throat> they just, um, they're the church planner themselves and they tend to move on after a period of time. After yeah. the church has grown and started, they, they go do something else. And what I hear you talking about is um, like activating the apostolic impulse in the body of Christ and resourcing and training and deploying it outside the church so that apostles are actually an extension of the church's ministry, but we're not either, but we're not sending them uh, to go plant something or go do something totally different, or maybe just sort of um, like folding them into the big institution and trying to find ways for them to function there. Am I hearing you right? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I can't speak for all pastors who are apostles, but I can speak for myself. And, and I feel like I've had a hard time mm. figuring out where's my place yes. and how do I lead as an apostle. And and I do, like, part of it is, I mean, us, we apostles have been known for some immaturity, right? We, we start things and we dream up things that we never finish. And, you know, those are kinds of parts of our DNA is starting and creating. Um, but I do think a lot of pastors start a church or get hired at a church and they build the thing 
that they wanted to build, and then they look and say, I'm bored out of my mind now because right. it's just maintenance stuff now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that we're offering is for apostolic pastors to be in a space where every year you're co-creating lots of different missional endeavors yeah. with your leaders. And, yeah. and I just like, guys, there's so many skills you learn by pastoring a church that are apostolic skills yeah. that our business leaders need and yeah. that our creators need. And so... Um, one one thing that I think has just been huge, and I don't think we talk about this enough, is just the the skill that ap- the ap- apostolic leaders have in permission granting, mm. of just looking at somebody and saying, "Oh no, you can do that," like you have that in you, and here's mm-hmm. how you could make that happen, yeah, yeah. and kind of casting that vision and casting that imagination for the lay leaders in your church. Um, and even like just figuring out how pastors operate with business leaders, like we just traditionally have not done well uh, with that. And so yeah. creating spaces where you can co-create together and where the pastor's seen as an advocate for what I'm doing and not yeah. uh, as somebody who's trying to get me to do his thing. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. He keeps trying to invite or, me to teach a Sunday school class when I, I feel like I'm trying to do a mobile coffee truck, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and so I do think a lot of the postures that we train in at Gravity are the postures that we're exhibiting in this new initiative mm-hmm. of the posture of saying, I want to selflessly lay down my life so that your thing can be birthed into the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to say yes to what God's placed inside of you. And I want to affirm your identity yeah. and giftedness and power yeah. and you know all those kinds of things, which to me, man, that there's, there's a shepherding aspect to it that I, I think is really fun as well. Hmm. Yeah, it strikes me one of the things that uh, you said earlier about um, kind of mo- the typical posture that a lot of churches have, it uh, of like trying to sort of bring people into what we're already doing. It strikes me that this is um, one of the one of the necessities here is is a and sort of an attitude of abundance rather than scarcity. Yes, where yeah. it's like there there's plenty, there's plenty mm-hmm. of like ministry to go around. There's plenty of provision to go around. There's plenty of, I just, I, that's part of what I love about what I'm hearing here um, from you, Hardman, is is that kind of abundance mindset yeah. of like, of course we can do this as pastors. Of course we can do this as churches. There's plenty. Yeah. You know, we yeah. don't need to like worry that our apostolically gifted people are going to take something away from the church if we launch, you know, mm-hmm. a mobile coffee truck or, or whatever, but that there's a there's an attitude of abundance that I um, I'm really appreciating as I hear it. Yeah, we've you. bumped into a couple different folks who've kind of said, "Man, that, that's kind of scary." Mm-hmm. Like that idea of because I do want to build my thing and I do want to build the church right. and I do want us to grow and I do want us to yeah. you know all of those kinds of things. And so they'll ask the question like, "Aren't you afraid that yeah. dot dot dot?" And my answer has always been. No, like I'm, yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. I, I, at this point, I'm not that afraid of yeah. uh, of this hijacking what the church is doing. I actually think yeah. um, this is a beautiful story for the church to tell. Of yeah. Yeah. no man, we're we're actually creating and developing things that are pluses and positives for our community. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's just. I mean, it maybe goes without saying, but I'll, I'm gonna say it. Um, I mean, this is what Jesus teaches too, right? Like. He's like, yeah. give and you shall receive. Like, do, like, lay down your life and you'll live. You know, yeah. there's this, there's this kind of deep irony that pushes up against that fear. And I think Jesus knew we all feel that, and so he knew we needed a lot of words uh, to counteract that. And so, yeah, I, I love, 
yeah, just I love what uh, you're doing as like an embodied expression of leaning into those, you know, those words of Jesus in a really concrete embodied way. Yeah. Like, what would it look like? Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. It feels like almost every like leadership or management book I read just says that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's Jesus, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That's the, the, right. the author and perfecter of our faith is also the author and perfecter of a lot of leadership books these days. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's not yeah. it's not like new information. Yeah, it's right. it's this is the stuff that Jesus taught us to do from the very beginning. Yes, yeah. we we're generous with what we have. We mm. we view the world not through a lens of scarcity, which I mean, COVID has brought I think a scarcity mentality to. Oh, a yeah. lot of pastors and a yeah. lot of churches because resources are running dry in certain places. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, giving's down and, you know, mm-hmm. lots of different things like that are happening. And so um, I do think there's a posture shift in trusting that there yeah. is abundance, that the kingdom's big enough for multiple ideas and expressions. Yeah. Uh, and that unleashing the kingdom dream that's in somebody else's heart is actually the best thing you can possibly do for the kingdom. Yeah. Hmm. Can, I, can I just interject here too? Like, I'm, I'm a prophet. Uh, pastor, and I'll just say like one of the one of the biggest snares or footholds that like I encounter is the scarcity mentality, and and the lack of and I, I languish for lack of apostolic energy, and so I guess I just want to commend what you're doing, Ben, to those who maybe don't have apostolic energy, but want to be like opened up to it and completed by it, uh, because I mm. I think I think cultures that are shaped without apostolic energy suffer and they are mm. uh, they tend to be um, insular they tend they tend towards fear towards not taking and extending and expanding they tend towards constricting and hiding and bunkering down and so I I just say like uh, if you're listening and perhaps you're a leader like this may be something for you especially if you're not apostolically gifted because there are people in your church who are and if mm-hmm. you want to lead and pastor them well, uh, you need even more help if you're like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think too, like going back to what you you said about COVID uh, as well, Hardman. Like it's interesting because, like you said earlier, that there is more openness now than you've ever seen in your lifetime to kind of well, let's try it. You know, like well, yeah. you know. And I think that you know, there's probably some desperation that's got a lot of churches and pastors to that point. Um, and I've been thinking about this uh, for a while that I think I think it's dawning on more and more pastors and Christian leaders now that whatever happens once COVID kind of like becomes a thing of the past, it's not going to be getting back to normal. Mm-mm. Like mm-hmm. there, there's some things that have fundamentally shifted for us yeah. and for our culture, and we don't really know what those are, but there isn't going to be a getting back to normal. Um, and I think that instills a lot of fear in people, but I also think it opens people up to, well, maybe now is a good time to just rethink this, you know, like there's yeah. enough that's gone wrong, enough that has like been disrupted already that maybe this is a, that maybe this is an opportune moment to kind of rethink how I think about the church and how I lead my people. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you an example of like where I think the apostolic voices are so important right now is I keep reading people who are writing articles that say, this is what COVID has taught us. Mm. Uh, but what they're writing is the same thing they were writing before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and so if they were like an institutional big church person, oh, they're saying yeah, like yeah. institutional big church is the way to go. Mm, yeah, if yeah. they're a preaching Bible person. They're saying preaching a Bible is the way to go. If they're a 
missional discipleship person. They're saying missional discipleship. Yeah. So, like, they're actually not naming anything that's actually shifted. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of our apostles right now actually have language and energy for this is what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I see. Like, the, the great gift that apostles bring is their ability to see yeah. before it actually happens and before mm-hmm. it actually takes place. And so they're able to actually see, no, this is what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, obviously, you know, your prophets are interpreting culture and interpreting what's going on, but your apostles are actually giving you forethought as to this is what the church could look like in five yeah. years or yeah. in 10 years or in 15 years. Yeah. And so. Um, that's yeah. what I'm excited about. Yeah, it's just really... like let's invest in those kinds of leaders and let's see what we can create yeah. and let's build it together. And yeah. yeah, yeah, opportunity is a word that I associate with um, apostolically gifted people a lot. Like they they're really good at seeing opportunity, um, yeah. and I think there are some there are some opportunities that going through a pandemic has afforded us in the church and in our culture right now that um, that apostles are uniquely gifted to see. And so this is exciting, man. It's yeah. exciting to see what you've uh, what you've dreamed up here and been yeah. uh, kind of iterating and testing on the ground. Yeah, a little bittersweet, um, guys. A little bittersweet. It is. It is, man. I was just thinking about that too. Like this is a bittersweet um, episode to do. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. we've been in conversation about this stuff uh, before this, and and we'll continue to be in conversation about working together. I mean, that's that's some of the stuff that's changing is all the stuff we talked about, but some of the stuff that's not changing is, you know, our love for each other, our friendship mm-hmm. with each other, and yeah. our desire to work uh, together um, for all this stuff. We're really excited about um, what God's put in your heart and uh, yeah. excited and eager to see how we can continue to work together to help leaders, to help churches, to participate more deeply in God's mission, God's life, to equip the church, to follow Jesus, you know, with integrity and faithfulness mm-hmm. and courage and humility and all of uh, all that stuff, man. Yeah, eager to see yep. where it all goes. So it's going to be fun. It will be. Uh, if people are interested, uh, uh, Hardman, in checking out what you're doing, what what's a good way to reach out? Yeah, yeah. So we're starting our first cohort in the fall. Okay. Uh, we've got about eight spots left in that. Uh, we've filled a couple spots already, which is exciting. So we've got about eight spots left. Uh, mm-hmm. And people can go to kingdomdreamsinitiative.com. Okay. Uh, and there's just a, a link there that you can click on and say, hey, I'm interested in finding out more about this. Uh, and we'll give you a call and talk more about it and share kind of what we're doing and what that first cohort would look like. Uh, we're doing a launch week, uh, kind of a week after this podcast will release uh, on uh, kind of our social media networks. And so you can kind of follow us on Instagram or go. Uh, I don't think we're on Twitter. I think we're on everything but Twitter. Mm-hmm. We don't have whatever whatever characters Twitter has. They can't hold us. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not living in that world. Uh, but uh, we do have some social media accounts that are set up and you can kind right. of follow along there and kind of find out more about our launch week and those kinds of things. And I'd love to invite you guys to be a part of that in some way. So awesome. Well, I don't know how all that's going to look, but we'll have you guys jump in for something it'll be fun yeah mm. i could do some uh some sound effects yes at, at key moments during <laughs> your presentations i think that's i think that's what we'll actually yeah do you need a like kingdom that, of dreams dj because because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no the crickets that's not we don't want to no, do that one no either. these no. are on the so many of these are effects. negative sound effects yeah <laughs> that one for a little yeah. joke Something like that? Yeah, that's a quick one. It's, it's faster than So interesting. Other. All right, well, Hartman, uh, it's, this has been great, man. It's been, it's, I'm glad to be your friend. I'm excited for you as you launch out into this thing. It's going yeah. to be awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Love you guys. Yeah. Love you too, man. Peace. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.